the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Jacksonville Jaguars fan. Step by step, baby steps to begin with, right? And you got to win the presser. You got to win the press conference. That's exactly what Ryan Nielsen did a little bit earlier today. An A-plus for him. Doesn't mean he can coach, but an A-plus at the press conference. I mean, it was... Just phenomenal. He felt incredibly um, comfortable. He looked, he sounded comfortable, very precise in his answers, almost as if he was briefed as to what type of questions he was going to be asked, intelligent. And you could feel the intensity, uh, something that um, that I got, okay? It, it, it had a little bit of a feel that can he get these kids, can he get these young men to literally run through a brick wall for him. Yeah, he had that. And it was a delivered message that was just spectacular. And, you know, listen, I'm not here to pick on Mike Caldwell, but Mike Caldwell's press conference was a disaster, okay? It was just awful. And there's not a lot of those, right? I mean, Gus Bradley's press conference here was so freaking phenomenal. I was convinced that Gus Bradley was going to be a consistent playoff leading coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's it's few and far between when you don't at least win a press conference, right? Mike Caldwell did not. Mike Caldwell looked lost. Mike Caldwell looked intimidated. Mike Caldwell looked scared. Remember went on and asked him even after his initial press conference, the first time we began to talk about getting ready for training camp, who was going to wear the green dot, right? And for those of you who don't know what the green dot is, who was going to have the microphone in the helmet, the one defensive captain that would get the plays, the defensive scheme from the defensive He didn't want to tell us, as if he thought that you could hide that from the masses. But anyway, Mike Caldwell's no longer your problem here in Jacksonville. You got the exact opposite with Ryan Nielsen. For today, yes, you have to be ecstatic about this. And Here's the other side of it. Ever since this season has ended, ever since it's gone from 8-3 and three to 9-8, and eight, there's been a tremendous amount of uncertainty. I thought the last press conference we had was with Trent Baalke. There was an awful lot of defense by Trent Baalke. And I mean defending himself, defending his decisions, uh, defending fringe picks in the second and third round, defending my question about why you have all this money and you elected not to address a pass rush defensive end. Before that, it was Doug Peterson, right, who rudely showed up 30-plus minutes late for his season-ending press conference, then went through it all and told us he needed time. He needed a few days to decide what to do with his coaching staff. Well, in less than three hours' time, we were told that Mike Caldwell and the defensive coaches were fired. So, again, I mean, Jaguar fans are, like, running around saying, 
what's going on? The head coach just told us it would take a few days. It took less than three. So there was a whole bunch of what's really happening. And the term for the Jaguars in 2023, unfortunately, was miscommunication. It happened on the field. It happened off the field. It happened with coaches and players, rookies and veterans. You hope you can get rid of all of that. So today is a massive breath of fresh air to bring in someone who looks like he knows what he's talking about, looks like someone who knows and, in fact, sounds like he's talking about. As a matter of fact, let's play clip number one. Ryan Nielsen today, first question, was asked about what he expects defensively now with the Jacksonville Jaguars. There's some things, fundamental things, that tackling takeaways, ball disruption, and pursuit. And that's what we're going to be about. Tackling takeaways, ball disruption. You know, you have to be a good tackling defense to be a good defense. Takeaways are the number one way to limit points. Uh, ball disruption is um, making the offense play not on time. You know, we're, we're, we're taking away a, a running lane or making a ball bounce or disrupting the quarterback. And then pursuit, you know, keeping the ball inside, proper angles, you know, running and hitting. And so uh, that's what we're going to be about. That's what we're going to stress. That'll be the first thing we talk about with the guys before we even start talking scheme or, you know, stance or anything like that. We'll, we'll start at, at that will be our foundation and we'll go from there. Doesn't sound like Todd Wash, does it? Doesn't sound like Mike Caldwell, does it? Again, doesn't mean he can coach. He's got a tremendous amount of inexperience. He took over as a defensive coordinator for one season in Atlanta. In 2022, he took over as the co-defensive coordinator in New Orleans. He's got two years' worth of experience as a defensive coordinator with two totally different systems. Uh, I, I, um, I, I did like how thorough he was though this almost sounded like a job interview he was expecting questions he was prepared for about anything and i love that i love organization i love a hard work in 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 study and uh you know preparation as to what you think you know if you're preparing for an interview isn't and i've never been interviewed before i don't know but is there um or I've never been interviewed for a job before, but is there a, a price you go through? Uh, do you just show up for the interview, or do you spend time, hmm, what are they going to ask me? Are they going to ask me this, 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 and this? Could they ask me this, this? And, and you mentally prepare yourself, if I'm asked this question, what's my answer going to be? If I'm asked this question, what's my answer going to be? Hey, I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't listen to Ryan Nielsen press conferences this past year in Atlanta. Uh, But again, today, very impressed. So I I think this is a good thing for all of you Jaguar fans to get this in today with Ryan Nielsen. Um, I'm also just paraphrasing here, very fluent in his description of this defense, but he said the one thing that is just so very important. This is Jacksonville's defense. Right, He talked about press and man. He also talked about man and bail, which to some extent supports what Trent Bulky said last month when it's not man-to-man concepts. It's actually zone concepts. And a lot of us, our heads were spinning because statistically speaking, analytically speaking, 
You've seen the numbers. I've seen the numbers. The man-type defense he played last year in Atlanta was as much as any team in the NFL. And in some cases, in some varieties, it was number one in the NFL. And, of course, Jacksonville's man coverage defense was way down, more of a zone team. But he was so crystal clear on the fact that this is Jacksonville's defense. It's not going to be the same in Atlanta. It's not going to be the same in New Orleans. Great coaches look at the guys that they have. And great coaches understand what they can do. He was asked today about individual players. He was asked today about how he's going to use Josh Allen. He was asked today how he's going to use Trayvon Walker. And, you know, for him to come out and say, well, you know, first down, I got I got uh, Trayvon on the edge. Second down, I'm going to slide him inside if it's a passing down. We're going to keep him outside if it's a run. I wouldn't expect that for him. But, again, he knew it was coming. And he said they're gonna, he's going to evaluate everything, look at their strengths, eliminate their weaknesses. And I really am very impressed uh, with the way that he sounded today here in Jacksonville. So, you know, I kind of feel for you folks. I, I do feel for you. I feel like you've been on a kind of a down slope, you know, the national media with this, the national media with that, whether it's – um, some of the surveys and stuff that I've mentioned where they rank Jacksonville and, and everything that happened at the end of the year, you're in line for some good news. Maybe today is just the beginning to turning this thing around, and obviously it's a much better starting point now than it was two years ago. When Mike Caldwell was introduced, Jacksonville was in the midst of a consecutive defensive coordinator, or excuse me, consecutive top Top picks, right? Trevor Lawrence had been around for a year, and then you went out and got Trayvon Walker. You had been number one in the NFL as far as your selection, pick after pick. That's different now. Nine and eight seasons. You've got talent. Have you gotten everything out of your talent? No. No. This team needs stars. This team doesn't have stars. There aren't pro bowlers on this team, not named Josh Allen. And that's going to be part of what we get into during the offseason, making players better. Taking You look at the the game that was played on Sunday. What do you got out there? Seven, eight Hall of Famers that played in that game. The Jaguars don't have anything remotely close to being a Hall of Famer. Not not even in the stratosphere at this particular point. You, You need to get better players. And coaches can help get that out of really good players, make them great players. So today, really impressed with Ryan Nielsen. I think you should be as well. We'll play some more nuggets from him coming up in just a couple of moments. All right, also, top story today, Tiger Woods out on the golf course for the first time on the PGA Tour in 2024, and it's been almost a year since he has played. He had a Phil Mickelson type of day. You look at his his scorecard, and pars were the exception. Began with a birdie on one, so had it in red figures right out of the gate on the par five. Had a lot of success on the par fives today. Okay, he birdied the par five first hole. He birdied the par five 11th hole, and he birdied the par five 17th hole. Remember, this is a par 71, not a 72, uh, but Woods was up and down. Bogey's on two and three, birdie on four, birdie on six, went out with a 34, one under. Had a bogey on 10, the aforementioned birdie on 11, the par 5, bogeys on 12 and 15. Got it back to even par 
with the birdie on the par 5 17th hole and then had just a spectacular approach from 109 yards out, had to deal with some tree limbs, had to deal with a faulty lie, uh, a hilly lie, but left it within, oh, I'm guessing 12 feet and did not make the putt, so he ends up one stroke over par. That is a plus one, 72 today uh, for Tiger Woods. And again, on this plus 71, he finds himself tied for 57th place. JJ and I last night were talking about the odds on round one for Tiger Woods. The Sharps moved it from 44.5 to 45.5. There still are some golfers on the course, some late tee times out here or out there in Los Angeles. Uh, currently, Tiger Woods is tied. Well, he's gone from 57th to 53rd place uh, at plus one, but it looks like he is uh, in danger of, uh, of, of taking the over 45 and a half. And also for his strokes today, you could have played that 71 and a half. Boy, the folks in Vegas know exactly what they're talking about. Comes in now with a 72. So that missed putt on uh, 18 was the difference between winning your first round scoring average for Tiger Woods or your first round score, I should say, or not winning with your first round score. There is a cut in this tournament. Even though it's a signature event, only 70 golfers actually taking part in it. It's the top 50 plus ties, and they've added this rule where if you're within 10 strokes of the leader and you're after 50, you'll still be around for Saturday's round. It is Patrick Cantlay, who, of course, played his golf at nearby uh, UCLA, right? It's about a 10, 12-minute drive. Uh, from uh, Pacific uh, Palisades to uh, to Westwood. Um, 10, 12 minutes, but in that traffic, it can sometimes take you an hour and a half, right? Hey, you live here in Duval. You don't have to deal with the Los Angeles traffic. The big, the, and I streamed it. I watched it, okay, on ESPN+. Plus. He looked, he looked comfortable. He didn't look like he was favoring the leg. So, you know, I'm, this is very important to me. It should be important to you. It, should, it absolutely is important to those over at the players, which is 26 days away. Better find a way to get him ready for this event, uh, of course, coming up in only 26 days. And, and there's no guarantee the Tiger's going to play it. Tomorrow will be a big day to see how he responds as far as his rehabilitation, his treatment, you know, the swelling, everything from the knee uh, to the ankle to the foot. I mean, everything. Uh, back to the setting where he had that horrific accident a couple of years ago there at Riviera. Uh, nearly cost him his life. But Tiger Woods back out on the golf course today. Uh, for me, it made it a, uh, a very entertaining Thursday. Uh, no question about that. All right, opening comments are brought to you by Schmunez Vision. Each and every night we do hear uh, from those folks. If you have an issue with your eyes, okay, regardless of what that may be, whether you need a new prescription for contacts or glasses, Absolutely, Schmunez Vision. But what about issues that are far more significant? All right? A lot of people worry about cataract problems. You hear in the office that someone had cataract surgery, it didn't go well. Hey, that's a big-time issue, and it's not going to go away. There may be another remedy that you can get that is not uh, surgical, Schmunez Vision. However, if surgery is needed, I had it eight and a half years ago. Dr. Neil Schmunez. So we're talking about a high-quality medical and surgical 
eye care practice as well. I want you to go online, Schmunez Vision. That is Schmunez Vision, and uh, you can see everything that they do offer. If uh, you're able to do that, you're going to find yourself in a much better situation years and years down the road. Imagine 2020 vision. That, in fact, could be the case and hopefully will be the case for you good folks once you visit Schmunez Vision. All right. Unfortunately, we were pulling for the girls over at Episcopal. The girls' soccer team did lose last night, heartbreak fashion, 2-1 to one, out in Hogtown to P.K. Young. But what a sensational year for Episcopal, uh, nearly making it into the States, uh, a 2-1 loss. Congratulations to Jay Bolt and everyone there with the girls' soccer team. Coming up next, some Florida State talk with my buddy, Niall Lawrence Stample. Later in the program, we go live to Las Vegas. Let's check the money on everything that's going on in the world of sports. Certainly, much more coming up as well on Ryan Nielsen, the defensive coordinator of the Jacksonville Jaguars, met the media today. More on Tiger Woods as well. And coverage live from Los Angeles. All of that on Into the Night with Rick Balloon. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, a ton going on on this Thursday night. Much more from Ryan Nielsen on his press conference today with the Jaguars and back to Los Angeles. The return to Tiger Woods today, a plus 172. So we got a lot to do. But uh, right now, let's talk some Florida State Seminoles. It's great to bring back the national champion, now Lawrence Stample, who I've known for quite some time, has a business here in town, NLS Cleaning, and love to talk football with Big Nile. Big Nile, who sh- shrunk a little bit. What, did, yeah, you, what right? did you do to drop some pounds? Uh, just trying to eat better, man. Just trying to stay more healthy. I got two little boys. I'm running around yeah. with them. And yeah, you look good. better. I appreciate it, man. I, yeah, I've noticed that with a lot of former linemen whether they're yes. offensive or defensive linemen that when they finally get away from the game you got to change your ways and and dropping some weight so uh hey listen i've tried every fad that there is man it's hard to drop pounds it's it's, it's tough it's tough yeah I agree but it's good to have you with us how you been good man good just i can't complain yep uh what a year for florida state it ends about as badly as it possibly could have being left out and you know 20 some odd players opt out and they end up getting blown out by uh, by Georgia. Yeah. How difficult is this going to be, Niall, as a former player, for Mike Norvell to just completely turn the page? And, and we hear that expression all the time, turn the page. But this feels different this year. The ultimate high and then everything that happened. How hard of a coaching job is this going to be? I think it's going to be uh, extremely difficult, and I think Norvell will do a good job. I think he'll do a great job because he really understands where college football is going. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this is more difficult because a lot of these coaches are really having to adapt to a completely different um, culture here at, right. in, at Florida State as well as college football in general just because – this this turn of all these players leaving and all this development that gets built every single year basically just gets thrown out of the window for the most part, um, which sucks, especially you have your guys leaving for the draft. Yep. But then you also have them going into the portal, and now we're bringing in new players. We're bringing in new players that are going to need to be key players as well. Um, it's going to be difficult, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing 
how he responds, but I think he'll respond well. There's always frustration with players, and I, I would have to believe that most of that is overplaying time, and that mm-hmm. creates unhappiness. But is the main guy with Mike Norvell, and maybe this applies to some veteran leaders on the team as well, you don't – the feel-sorry mode – has been there at Florida State. Okay, mm-hmm. feel sorry for these guys. They went thirteen and zero. They lost their quarterback. They did everything they had to do, yet they became the first school ever that was left at the altar. Y- you need to eliminate that. How, do, do you, if you sense that that is still going on? I'm not saying that you demand that they transfer, but what about that part of you know the student body? Oh, you guys were screwed. Oh, you got. How hard is that one particular aspect to say, hey, we have seven months until we play football again. You must forget about everything that happened in 2023. Yes, that is a that is extremely difficult, especially when it comes to the lack of consistent leadership that you're finding in these college institutions now, because um, leaderships are really built. Yes, a, a guy could be a vocal leader, but they're built within practice. They're built within coming in as a freshman and now you're a sophomore and now you've gone through the ranks and now you've done all these things to where these leaders have to step up and they have to win the ears of their teammates on a much different level. And the coaches have to be able to buy into that and show that. So the student body and the fans out there are, I think we're in a a good headspace for the most part because I think we all still believe in what we have going on with Coach Novell um, and that team. But um, the the team itself is going to have to find some leaders in order to be able to really move on from it. And how do you find these leaders with having all these people leave and come and go? And you have multiple players that are not only – fighting for starting spots, but some of them are really being guaranteed starting spots. How do you manage all of those things? It's going to be difficult, but um, listen, I'm a Seminole, and I I think the Noles will figure it out. Now Lawrence Stample won a national championship 10 years ago with uh, Florida State on that defensive line, also played uh, for the Cleveland Browns. It's a totally new world compared to when you played. It is. I mean, you guys had leaders. Yeah. I mean, you were a leader, but you had Telvin Smith on that Mm -hmm. defense. You had LaMarcus Joyner. Uh, Jimbo always said that those were two phenomenal defensive leaders. A little bit more on that point. Last year's leader two years ago was at Albany Mm -hmm. in verse. And, and, you know, you you bring in – uh, what, from from uh, Western Michigan? Uh, I can't even think of his Just, name. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's just one after another. How can you bring in a guy from the transfer portal, even if he's had success, and maybe that applies to DJ Uwe Longalele mm-hmm. as the quarterback, and hand him the keys and say, you're the leader of our football team? It's difficult. It's difficult. And and that's where the, the um, Norvell, I think, really is going to – be able to continue to push for this success that he's had because he truly understands the portal. He understands what's going on. He's been dominating in the portal consistently, and he shows that. And I think that's where you're you're able to say, okay, if I'm bringing someone that needs to be a key player, I need to be awake in terms of how I'm going to manage that. This is chess, and yeah. I think that he's doing a great job at playing that. So. It's going to be difficult, and especially uh, you have a quarterback that comes in is almost guaranteed playing time, or at least we want to guarantee that playing time. Um, it's going to be the first. It's going to be the first coach that can master that transition. That's going to be a, the new dynasty. Yeah, uh, Braden Fisk, uh, you know Fabian Lovett. Although he had mm-hmm. been there for a while, came over from 
Mississippi State, Jared Verth. I mean, you just look at that entire defense. They, they were really transfer portal kids. All right, uh, Mike Norvell, won 19 in a row. He's had phenomenal success. He's done it with three-star players. Yeah. He has not had the talent that Florida State had when you won a national title, when yeah. Bowden was there for mm-hmm. all of those years. What do you make of Mike Norvell now getting the best recruiting class that he has had with incoming freshmen? And I understand keeping them there is now a totally new challenge. Yeah. But young freshmen, 18-year-old, being asked to come on in, perform this year, and then obviously being able to develop those very talented players. Yeah, it's a... Uh... It's going to be um, an interesting situation dealing with these four stars and these in these these higher ranked players coming in and dealing with other transferred players that have already proven themselves in other uh, institutions. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, I think that that's something that is going to be a challenge, but he'll be able to figure it out. I think the interesting part about it is going to be these 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 younger players being able to see what it's like to be in the portal. They haven't been in the portal, but they're being exposed to all these players that are coming from the portal. And they're like, hey, how was that institution? How was that? What's different here? What's different there? And now you're really able to churn up this team that's like, okay, well, I heard that was going on there and that was going on there. So the division and all those things are just going to be, it's so exciting to see where this is going to be, especially with the money and the NIL. There's there's a nonstop. The coaching right now has got to be just just mind-boggling yeah. in order to be able to cultivate these players and make them buy in with all these distractions. Your entire defense went to the NFL when you won a national title. What would it have cost NL, NIL-wise uh, to pay you guys? It couldn't. It, it would It would have been astronomical. It would have been. But at the same time, how do you say that, especially with the players that we had, like – you're talking about different people. Mm-hmm. We're building different college football players with right. this NIL. Whether it's good or bad, I don't know what that looks like, but I know that the grind and the sheer will in order to get to where we got, the NIL has something to do with that. I don't know what that looks like long term, but I know that the team that we had and the defense that we had really got it off the out of the mud. Seriously. So, so it was what you and uh, and and uh, and Goldman, mm-hmm. who and else? Timmy Jernigan. Yeah, I mean, I mean, t- t- five stars. Yeah. I, so, what if you're there and you got a wage and it's a good wage? Yeah. But all of a sudden, you bring in an 18 year old five star. Yeah. Who's never played, and you guys have had start after start, yeah. tackle after tackle, game after game. You're getting a wage. You're getting a cool wage. But here comes the – like when Jalen – we heard all the stories about when Jalen came in as an 18-year-old. He got thrown out of practice and Mm. all of that stuff. What happens when a young kid like that comes in? It's it's something that we're going to see probably more and more often because that's where the division comes in into the Mm -hmm. actual locker room. You have these uh, players that come in, and if they have some chip on their shoulder – and it's not respected or it's not reflected by the upperclassmen or those players that have really been there and been established there, it's really not going to go over well. Right. Um, so watching that is going to be interesting. But also at the same time, as these players come in and the and the NIL becomes more of a regular thing, it's going to become more like, like the NFL and it's going to become more politics and more, mm. oh, well, okay, you know that this player has to play or you know this is going on in terms of how it's, uh, they're getting paid. So it's going to be – just continuing to to roll with these punches and every single we're going to see something completely different with college football and it's going to be every single year 
we are going to see teams have to rebuild. And there's yeah. not three years. It's not four years. It's every single year. How can we keep our players? And how can we get other players from other teams? It's going to be it, – it's, 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 it's really, really intriguing, but it's also extremely scary yeah. as well. I mean, you guys were so good, but I look at a guy like Jalen. Were there ever stories like this, this incoming freshman guaranteed a starting job back when no. you played? No, absolutely not. Yeah. No. I, I wouldn't think so. No. Because then again, but but it was a different animal. Yeah. You, you guys not only won a national title, but recruiting-wise, were, were top five every year. Mm-hmm. You were top two uh, a couple of years. The Atlantic Coast Conference, um, they they have screwed everything up. And, and this is an ugly legal war now between Florida State and the ACC to get out of their grant of rights, which goes through the year 2036. Obviously, you and I are not lawyers, but just on the surface – where do you believe Florida State should be as early as 2025? I would say we, the ACC has really put us in a, in a tough bind because I think that, unfortunately, we should not be in the ACC coming that time because there is, at least there's a thousand reasons on why we should be leaving the ACC, but there's one perspective, and it's, 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 it's really the one that I, I hold truest to my heart. When Jimbo Fisher sits in your living room, right, he comes in, he's talking to me, he's talking to my mom, he's basically telling us, listen, we want your your kid to come and play for us and everything, but there's one common denominator at every single house that he's sitting at, and it's, we want your son to come and win a national championship. Right, right. That is That is a consensus across every single, doesn't matter how big he is, how fast he is. We want your son to come and help us win a national championship because ma- national championships create opportunity, they create money, they create winning, they create more publicity, creates everything. And that's what the coaches are there for. So when there's a conference that creates an issue with that validity and Mm. that consistency and that opportunity, it is it is very difficult for a Norvell to go into a living room and yeah. say, "Hey, listen, I want your sons to come here and win yeah. a national championship." Race. Now, and rivals will use that. Mm-hmm. They, they will. Now, the good side is that 100%. we we are going to twelve teams, so it became a one year major mm-hmm. blemish. A twelve team college football Agreed. playoff will will uh, will change that. But I get your point, and and obviously rivals are are still going to use that. Um, Big Ten does that make the most sense? Possibly. I and, and to what you just said in terms of it still. If you can't go to a conference, and let's say that we struggle, but mm-hmm. we still deserve to be in it, regardless if it's 25 teams in that playoffs, yeah. we should be able to have right. enough say in our conference to say, there is no way. Mm-hmm. I know they may have lost two games or whatever the case may be, but so if we're ever on the cusp of that and we can't feel like that conference is going to allow us to get right. into that point, it's still it's still an issue. Uh, but. Big Ten might make the most sense. Yeah, it yeah. might. Uh, and, and I think it'll be interesting. I mean, the SEC does not need Florida State. I think the question the SEC has to ask themselves, can we allow the Big Ten to come in here yeah, and take out Florida State? Agreed. So that, that's going to be pretty interesting. Hey, I've known you for a while. Last two years have been pretty good again for Seminole Nation. It's been yeah. down pretty low for, mm-hmm. for a little while. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's a good time to be a, to be a Seminole. And um, – Spending some time with Coach Norvell, he is truly – he speaks with conviction. Mm-hmm. He speaks with intention, and I think he represents the Knowles extremely well. And um, have, having that pleasure to go there for the national championship reunion and seeing all my my uh, my, my teammates and everything, 
he really has a huge emphasis on alumni. He has a huge emphasis on making sure that um, all these players are coming back in order to, to, to pour back into the program and to be able to see what it takes in order to do those things. And I think that he's really pushing this thing in the right direction. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with that. All right, hey, tell us about NLS Quinning. I know it's getting bigger and badder as yeah. uh, we move here throughout Duval and, and other places as well, maybe even Tallahassee. Yeah, absolutely. We're, uh, we're hoping to continue to push and continue to thrive. Uh, we're doing a lot of work in um, in all parts of Jacksonville. We're doing a lot of commercial work and helping out restaurants as well as commercial properties and, and large industrial real estate, as well as making sure that your house is game day ready, making sure your house is ready for any event that you need it uh, to be. And uh, yeah, we're looking we're looking forward to continuing to push here in Jacksonville. We love this city and this city's really embraced us. So we're very happy to be here. How do the people get a hold of you? Um, they, so you can reach out to us at our number at 904-708-8802, or you can uh, go and take a look at our website at nlscleaning.net. Sounds good, man. Really good to see you now. Yeah, good seeing you too, right? Niall Lawrence Stample, ladies and gentlemen, won a national title right here in Jacksonville. He is a proud owner of NLS Cleaning right here in Jacksonville, a big sponsor of uh, this show and, of course, 1010XL. In 92.5 FM. Two ways you can reach us tonight. You can get me on Twitter, Blue1010XL, or on the text line, 641-1010, brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. You want to respond to anything you just heard Niall Lawrence Stample say on Florida State? Absolutely. You want to get back to Ryan Nielsen and his press conference today as the Jaguars defensive coordinator? We have that coming up, much more on Tiger Woods and his return to the PGA Tour as well as we go into the night. Into the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, a lot of response here with Niall Lawrence Stample. Appreciate it. Uh, it says here you're blaming the ACC for a problem FSU created. I have no idea what that means. How did Florida State create the problem? They went undefeated. The ACC, um, well, check that. Uh, Florida State's Board of Trustees popping off the way that they did, even though they came out and said that everything has to be public, it's not private, which I wasn't aware of. Um, that is uh, that is valid. I'll, I'll give you that. That is valid. Drew Weatherford and company, when they popped off about how you cannot be national championship competitive in the ACC, it felt like the absolute worst karma, and it backfired on them. And even Drew Weatherford, the last time that the bot spoke, the board of trustees spoke, he said on that particular meeting when they announced that they were going to file uh, to get out of the grant of right, would go undefeated. So, yeah. There is, uh, there is some validity uh, to that. I, I will absolutely uh, agree with you when you, uh, when you, in fact, say that. All right, 6622. Uh, I'm Big Bad Rick Ballou. I don't have to interview for jobs. They just give them to me. It's true. Uh, 5262. Rick, didn't FSU have a middle linebacker named Ron Simmons in the early 80s? Yeah, he was a defensive lineman. He was a terror. He's one of the greatest to ever play the game. He also went on to be Farouk of, uh, of world wrestling fame back when it was a WWF and into the WWE. I've, I've had Ron Simmons in studio quite a few times. More back in Tallahassee when he would do some house shows. 
But I never saw Ron play. I was back in Boston then. But if you're looking at the greatest defensive players to ever play at Florida State, I know I'm going to surprise you. But I'm going to say Marvin Jones is the greatest of all time, even over Dion. Okay? And, and Dion, you know, shut down half the field. But I didn't see Ron Simmons. That was before my time. Marvin Jones was absolutely spectacular. He was better than Derek Brooks. Now, Derek Brooks had a better NFL career. All right? Um, you know, Deion Sanders may, may be considered the greatest seminal of all time, but there's more that kind of goes into that. You know, his return, uh, even though he only returned, what? I think it was three or four uh, returns for touchdown. Uh, touchdowns in his career, if you look at interceptions and punt returns combined, there was always that talk that he was going to be a wide receiver, but they had the Fab Four. It's a healthy argument uh, between Shade Tree and Primetime, but I'm going to give the edge uh, to Marvin Jones. Now his son, Marvin Jones Jr., coming over from Georgia, uh, will be part of Florida State's team uh, beginning this year. All right, appreciate that. Now, Lawrence Stample, good stuff uh, on FSU. It, It is going to really be pretty interesting to to monitor all of that this year. And I thought it would be a much bigger problem, you know, watching the Orange Bowl. Feels like they've done a nice job ever since, you know, getting rid of a lot of players that were either dead weight or were just not a part of it. And again, Florida State dominated the transfer portal. They've also had the best recruiting class they've ever had as far as incoming freshmen. So you got to expect some of those players uh, to get into it and, uh, and and begin to produce right out of the gate as true freshmen. All right, as we get ready for hour number two, I want to get back to the Jaguars and Ryan Nielsen today, who did meet with the media. Um, you, you know, some of the things he said were um, were you know really insightful. Okay, and. It, it was more than being transparent. It, it, it felt as though he had done a tremendous amount of studying uh, and, and, and his knowledge of this team. Like, you know, we all know that Atlanta, where he came from, played Jacksonville last year in a matchup in, uh, in London, right? And the, and the Jags won that game. And he was involved in tape study. He was involved in just, you know, watching the game, but as a defensive coordinator, when Jacksonville's defense is on the field and Atlanta's offense is on the field, when you're the defensive coordinator, you're doing your work, right? You're going over with your players. You're going over with your assistant coaches, changes that you have to make, trends that have happened in the game. Maybe you spot something as far as an alignment that is a dead giveaway that it's going to be a pass going in this area or it's a run that's going to go somewhere else. And uh, so, yes, you, when you're the defense coordinator, you're calling the game when you're on defense, but you may be, in fact, doing even more work when your offense is on the field because that's when you're really teaching, right? That's when you're really coaching about how to stop uh, what is going to actually take place next. So with that said, you may not, know as much about the Jaguars' defense because of the reasons that I just gave you. I didn't sense that that was the case at all by listening to uh, to Ryan Nielsen. Now, I'm sure he's done a whole heck of a lot of study since he got the gig. And, you know, when Trent Bulky spoke a month ago 
uh, at the Miller Electric Center. I, I was there for the press conference, and, and right after it, Ryan Nielsen was, was walking around with Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson was showing him the facility, and I guess they were down the road at Disney World. He talked about that a little bit today. There with his wife and, and his kids, and, and, uh, and Doug Peterson you know, sent him a text and, and said that they needed to, uh, to meet. Could they meet? And, and they did. And then, of course, he ended up getting uh, offered the job. Uh, but it just really came away feeling that the Jaguars uh, could be in better hands now than they were with Mike Caldwell. And I, you know, I think it got away from Mike Caldwell. It should not get lost that two years ago, Mike Caldwell and his defensive staff took Jacksonville from nine takeaways to 27 takeaways astronomical as far as the improvement. And you look at the shaved, uh, they cut like, what, nine points? I think it was off of their defensive scoring average, which was historically uh, a franchise high the year before Mike Caldwell got here. It was more than 31 points a game, or it was nearly 31 a game. I think it was 30.7. I'll have to look back on it. But it was really, really bad. It, he did a nice job. He, he did. And... We didn't hear as much about the takeaways this year that was the same. The reason for it is because Jacksonville turned the ball over as much as any team in the NFL. Trevor Lawrence had 21 turnovers himself. Trevor Lawrence has had 60 turnovers in three years. You know, he threw a lot of picks, but he also fumbled the football. Last year, Trevor led the NFL in fumbles and in fumbles lost. He did recover some. I don't remember exactly where he finished this year as far as total fumbles, but it had to have been uh, in the top five. And and there are a lot of people out there who believe that the wrong staff got fired, that Mike Caldwell and his defensive staff was, was good enough to hang on to this job and that it was the offensive side that the coaches should have been let go. And a couple of coaches were let go, but for the, you know, the Bernie Parmalee, the, the, the running backs coach, uh, was obviously let go. I, I, listen, people wanted Press Taylor gone. People have questioned Phil Rauscher as the offensive line coach. And, you know, what that's the biggest problem with this football team. Without any question. The biggest problem with this football team is the offensive line. It wasn't Mike Caldwell in the defense. But someone had to go. And it was all these rumors that Trent wanted him out and Peterson didn't want him out. Did Shaq Khan get him? I mean, when you lose like this, that's when the rumors uh, begin. But when Caldwell was let go, your reaction was kind of like, ah, all right. But I didn't hear night after night after night, Caldwell's got to go. Caldwell's got to go. Caldwell's got to go. The way I heard that Bulky's got to go. Or the way that I heard that Press Taylor has got to go. And Caldwell was down the line. But we saw what did happen. Uh, Ryan Nielsen crushed it. We still don't know. And we won't know until we get knee-deep into it. Uh, again, the, the only surprise with Ryan Nielsen, I thought this organization would do the exact opposite. I thought they would bring in a proven veteran. I thought Leslie Frazier made so much sense. He sat a year out to recharge batteries. That's exactly what Doug Peterson did. 
after he was fired in Philadelphia, he spent a year away. I thought that worked well for Frazier. And Wink Martindale is another one that has done so many really good things, including in Baltimore. Okay, yeah, I got into it with Brian Dayball, and that went sideways in New York. They didn't see eye to eye. I actually kind of like that. If you're a losing franchise, you shouldn't be seeing eye to eye. There should be problems, and I'm sure there are just about in every place. This one just ended up getting reported. Where did Wink end up? Do you remember? Did he, did he go the college route? Wink Martindale? Why, why is that one hard to believe? It, it, it wasn't. Yeah, Michigan. He went to Michigan. Right, that's a good job. No doubt that's a good job. But I, I thought he would have been. I, I, I mean, you look at three brilliant defensive minds. Wink Martindale. And then Mike Vrabel and Bill Belichick, who still, the latter two, don't have a job as of right now, the 15th day of, uh, of February. So, yeah, that was my only – this organization has gone and, – and most organizations do. When, when you admit to making a mistake, you usually go in a different direction, right? Am I wrong? I mean, all you studs out there, if you go blonde, 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 and it's a divorce, don't you end up going brunette? And if you go brunette, 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 and that doesn't work out, don't you go redhead? Right? It's the same thing. Doug Peterson, two years ago, brought in a first-time defensive coordinator in Mike Cobble. He brought in a first-time offensive coordinator in Press Taylor, albeit we were told that he wasn't going to call plays. Brought in a first-time special teams coordinator. All right? the, the expectation in year one was not for Doug Peterson to go to the playoffs. No one thought that. Now, we all thought it this year. We all thought year two it was going to happen. So, yeah, they, 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 left, they left a lot to be desired with that great fall in year two. But typically when you make a replacement like that, you do the exact opposite. You bring in a veteran presence. That is not the case. I do like what I heard today with Ryan Nielsen. I want to play some of that for you coming up here in our number two. All right, also in our number two, we're going to go to Las Vegas. We're going to check the money with our good friend Rafael Esparza. Record-setting numbers in Vegas, okay? Certainly across the globe with the internet. And what do you have, 38 states now, including uh, the District of Columbia, where you can legally bet. But just in Vegas itself, it was uh, record-setting numbers. And the book ended up collecting, but it was like, only $8 million. And I know $8 million to you, $8 million to me seems like just in a phenomenal amount of money. But when it's an event as big as the Super Bowl, that, believe it or not, is, is really disappointing to them. Remember, the way that they set all of these lines is the, is the meat in the middle, right? And, and, and to make money. And uh, they did not make a lot of money poor guys yeah yeah I really tough, feel tough, for tough, the books. tough i i do <laughs> i do as well um but we'll see what happens uh want to get back and talk some golf as well patrick cantlay 700 today is 64 pretty decent leaderboard uh how about will zalatoris today after the back surgery went out with a 29 today uh, i mean look at his card i'll give it to you Six birdies, three pars going out today. A 29 for Will Zalatoris. And putting has always been his issue, right? 
a pretty good day with the flat stick. I want to say through 13 holes, I heard he had 20 putts, uh, which is really, really good, considering that is, without any question, um, his, his biggest weakness. loss. Oh, my God. And, and if you want to see Will Zalatoris, we have a giveaway later tonight where uh, you could potentially see him. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's all I'll say. You get to see Will specifically no, or, or just, perhaps others? You no, know, others as well. All right. Um, Potentially the greatest field in golf, they like to say. Oh, so, you know, I was – I kind of double double dipped today. I, I was listening to a uh, – I'll, I'll say it this one time. I, I was listening to a PGA Tour radio because I, I, I wanted to get some of the insight there. I mean, TV's the best, right? But radio's more thorough. They do a good job on the golf broadcast. They really do. Like you would expect, there's two sports that we broadcast on 1010 a lot that I'm like, on radio, they got to be crap, right? But no, golf and NASCAR, they actually put you there. They do a really good job of explaining everything on the course. Like you said, they're very thorough. I, um, I was planning on going the entire time. I told you about it last night. I talked to I mean, I like to go to these Jaguar press conferences and I and I don't not go because I'm lazy. I, I don't not go because it's a thirty to forty five minute drive. I just really wanted to watch Tiger Woods play golf today. So I could only do two you know, I could only do one thing at a time. But when I was tipped, and I got a great tip today. I was told 1010XL and 92.5 FM. I was told you, JJ, were going to play the Ryan Nielsen press conference. And you did. And I heard when you made the transition. So I was like, this is great. I'll listen to everything with Ryan Nielsen and be able to keep my eyes on uh, uh, ESPN Plus, uh, as I did television-wise. And when I was doing a couple of errands earlier, I I actually had it on the uh, uh, PGA Tour radio. What's great about Will Zalatoris is to our golf listeners out there, in your normal group, I'm sure there's a guy like this, or if not, it's in your club. He is just an absolute master tee to green and cannot putt for his life. Okay. I mean, this guy's like, you know, he's like greens and regulation. He's like, you know, 14 out of 18 and he's going to hit almost every fairway and he's 300 yards plus and it doesn't matter what iron it is for his approach. You know, he's, he's there. And then all of a sudden, bam, if he can get out of there without a three putt, um, I've never been able to understand that part of it when it comes to like weekend hackers or, or, or regular golfers who, who play, whether it's for money or for enjoyment, you see them on the range. What are they doing? Driver, driver, mm-hmm. driver, 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 okay? It comes down to the short game. It comes down to scrambling. It comes down to your ability to go up and down, whether it's out of the sand, anything around uh, the greens, and making your putts. To you youngsters out there, if, if you're driving to become a golfer on the PGA Tour, you have to make your putts. That's the most important thing. Everyone nowadays hits 300-plus. Putting is uh, incredibly crucial. And unfortunately for Willie Z, he, I mean, he was getting there. He was amazing in 2022 at the majors. He had like three top tens. I'm looking at it right now. Tied sixth in the Masters, second in the PGA, and tied second in the U.S. Open. 
tied 28th for the Open Championship. But then he had that injury. Yeah. Missed the entire season last year. Yeah, he really did. But uh, a good opening round for him. He's got a couple majors in his future, no mm-hmm. doubt. Gary Woodland, um, I'm good friends with his buddy. Hey, actually, let me take a break here. We're, we're way overdue. I've, I've overshot it. Gary Woodland had brain surgery in September. Mm-hmm. I, I know his, uh, his cousin very well, Jacob Johnson. He's one of the buddies that I golf with. And, and um, he had it at four under at one point. He played in that. Um, Tiger JT group. Yeah, the, uh, what do they call it? The signature group or whatever it may be. Uh, JT started slow today. He had it at uh, uh, plus three. Uh, so guys played better on the backside, not the case for Tiger, who early on had it in red figures before he surrendered a couple of bogeys. All right, coming up, hour number two. Good to have you with us. He's J.J. Salva. I'm Rick Bullitt. Let's go into the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, let's get to Ryan Nielsen. I, one other comment, though, I got to mention just real quick involved with golf because I know we have a great golf audience. And uh, for many of you, you know, things really pick up um, starting a couple weeks ago with Pebble, right? And then you made it through uh, the Wasted Open in Phoenix. Uh, now we're at the scene of the crime where Tiger almost lost his life out at Riviera. And then we'll get ready for the Southern Swing. But um, I was listening today, and I was like, boy. I was like, man, that's a reach. He's like, 49 of the top 50 golfers are here. Last year's FedEx standings. And I'm like, come on, man. That is just, I mean, don't do that to golf fans. We know that. So many heavies are on the live, and yeah, you could say the live is irrelevant, and you could say that the live is dead, but the live is still taking massive personalities, have taking massive personalities. And I'm like, 49 of the top 50, and then they go, you know, that's like- Last uh, year's PGA FedEx rankings, yes. I wonder who that one guy is who isn't there. But um, you, oh. you know what's even sadder? I thought you were going to say- the world golf rankings, because those are also super tainted now. Like, all right, let's say you do have the top 50 in the world golf rankings. Is, you know, that's because you don't have Kepka in point. there. That's because yep. you don't have Rom. I mean, I guess Rom is still up there because of last now, year's points. But yeah, after the year. a while, right. they won't. That's you know, fair. Like, that doesn't yep. mean anything either. That, you know, that's actually a very good point. It is. They, they will not allow... Uh, points for the world golf rankings, I, I I think there's an easy way to fix that. Go to four rounds and put the pressure. I mean, and, and don't tell me things don't change. I mean, look at what Jay Monahan did. The money he's now, I mean, everything changes. Yeah, I don't think Liv is standing on that three rounds till they die. Like, this is the one thing that's super important to us. Uh, I agree. I don't care about the no cuts, but four days would make it a lot cooler for me. See, Vern Lundquist announced today that this will be it. I do. His Final last Masters, Masters which yeah. he, he's been done with football for probably, what, five years now? Four or five years. Maybe. It was 2016, and he was really forced out. I mean, to me, two, two absolute monsters were forced out. Brent Musburger with Disney. You are looking live. And Vern Lundquist, and, and I get it, Vern made a ton of mistakes, 
but I got the feeling that he he loved it and he enjoyed it. it to me, Brad Nessler is slowly becoming Al Michaels part two, where he's offended if there are penalties. He's offended if there's a challenge. He's offended if the officials are trying to figure things out. You can't hold these pristine positions and get paid millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and act like you don't want to be there. Yeah, how lucky you are, and, and, and you've got phenomenal God-given talent. But am I wrong? I mean, you can like or dislike broadcasters, whether they're talk show hosts like I am and JJ is, or whether you're a play-by-play broadcast like or dislike is one thing but you should never act like you don't enjoy being there it, it is like he's the, really going to get tested this year when Cardinal it's not Sin. it's not like LSU versus Pama and it's Michigan versus Rutgers yeah. you know like they're going to have a totally different schedule of games now his 40th masters he's 83 so Vern Lundquist didn't start getting involved with the Masters until he was 43 years of age. I never would have guessed that. I thought it would have been a lot, early, a lot earlier in his career. Let's get to Ryan Nielsen. Uh, let's do this one first. Uh, this, um, again, and, and Trent Bulky, and I won't speak for anyone else. I'm only going to speak for myself. Trent Bulky was going back and forth about, well, it's man defense, but it really has uh, zone uh, concepts and a lot of us were were uh, kind of spinning. Again, I want to speak for anyone else. I'll speak. For my, my head was kind of spinning when I was listening to Trent Bulky. And, and Bulky at the end of it said, "I'll allow you know. Let's let Ryan Nielsen um, explain his defensive scheme." But it sounded really confusing listening the way that Trent Bulky was saying it. It appears Trent Bulky was right about a lot of this. Here's Ryan Nielsen earlier today. Well, we like to, um, as one of our coaches would like to say, uh, nothing cheap and nothing deep. And so when you're press, you take away the quick game. And we like to play shell, which everybody, you know, when you look at us, we, you know, take away the deep throws. Um, it may look man, man or man-ish at times, um, but sometimes there's some press bail and some nuances in the coverage of that. It actually is zone with tighter coverage outside. And so um, that's actually good that you see it like that because um, if we're viewed like that, then we drop into zone. It could be advantageous for, you know, for us on defense. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, we're going to be mixing and matching. We play a lot of different coverages and, and mix and matches our, our coverages. And, and uh, again, that's what we did then, and it may be different now. And so that's what the process that we're going through and with the players. But um, we definitely – we have – Everything in there is just what What are we going to start with? We know where we're starting. What's the the ending? What's it going to look like when we end? Because the new coaches and the new players together, and, and we want to do what's best for everybody. All right. I, I think it's going to be quite an experiment for true Jaguar fans. Okay? And listen, I love all you Jaguar fans. I, I love you folks who can't involve Miller Lights before you go in and have no – I mean, the only thing you know is who's playing. Okay. I also love fans who it's first down and 10, you're doing this. It's second down and nine, you're doing this. It's third down and two, you're doing this. I, I love those type of fans that are, that are fully enthralled 
with the offensive and defensive game plan. You've seen all the Leo and how boring and how, you know, what type of defense that was with Gus and with, uh, and with um, Todd Walsh. I thought Mike Caldwell's defense was better, albeit too predictable, uh, until there were times where they went with a three-linebacker look last year against Baltimore, three-safety look. Um, still, a, a fairly easy defense to try to figure out. This thing right here, what an answer. I mean, Imagine Caldwell saying I mean, like you got to feel good. What's the one who said? Press and bail? So, you know, you're setting up as if you're man-to-man. You're on the guy at the line of scrimmage, but right as the ball's getting ready to get snapped, I took that as defensive backs or well into a backpedaling mode, and it becomes more of a zone-style. I don't think there was enough, you know, when you make, yeah, when you make changes, you always hear four, three, three, four exotic blitzes. It's kind of like the line, right? It's kind of like you young co-eds out there. I mean, I know you don't talk to girls anymore. You just send them a text. But back when I was running and ripping, I'd go with the, <clears throat> excuse me, what's your major, right? That's the line. Oh, it's a hybrid, a four, three, a three, four. Every once in a while, you know, we'll have an exotic. No, this guy's like, whoa. It's advantageous if you think we're impressed. I mean, it's not like it, it, it almost is it's like he's giving you a little snippet, man. He's giving you a little taste that it, it sounded like to me that when he gets his hands on this defense, he feels that he's going to be able to basically do whatever he wants to do. Now, certainly you need the talent to be able to do that. But Jacksonville has some guys that are rangy. They, they have some younger players who have done different things. A guy like Antonio Johnson, okay? Is he going to be your nickel? Is he going to be your safety? Are they going to cut Rayshon Jenkins? How are you going to – when we come back, let's get into this. How are they going to use Trayvon Walker? How are they going to use Josh Allen? What are they going to do with outside linebackers in, in this style of defense? Um, all last year. How many times on this show did we talk about Trayvon Walker becoming Calais Campbell? First down, second down. He's on the outside, right? Obvious passing third down situations. You bump them inside. Remember Calais did that? You had Allen on one side. You had Unique on the other. Um, it didn't help that Jacksonville said goodbye to Arden Key and didn't replace him with anyone outside of a fifth-year undersized guy in Yasir Abdullah. But there were very little snaps this year where Walker actually went to that position. And, and Walker got better. He did. He got better, especially in the second half of the season. I know there's some of you out there that refuse to admit that because you're still absolutely stained by the fact that he was the top overall pick. He played better. Okay, am I, am I going to sit here and tell you that, you know, he's on his way to the Pro Bowl, he's on his way to the Hall of Fame? No, but he played better. Uh, anyway, let's come back with this uh, on the other side. If you want to join the conversation, you can. 641-1010, best way to get in. That is our text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Into the Night with Rick Ballew on 1010XL 92.5 FM. I just saw that Rob Manfred, the commissioner of Major League Baseball, announced that he's going to retire after the 2029 season. So with that said, 
I would like to announce that I'll be retiring at the end of the 2042 calendar year. All right. Give me another 18 years. To well, go have with- you heard Jim Nance's? What's it's he even funnier. On? He says he's leaving CBS at, at the end of 2035 Masters. At, after the 2035 Masters, he's going to call it quits. These guys have Trent Bulky type of security. Yeah, they do. They're not worried well, about their Jim job. Jim Nance deserves it. I mean, he earned it. I can't say the same about Trent. Trent's not worried. I asked him. You're not worried about his job. You're not going to change anything. We got into that with him. Back to Ryan Nielsen. Uh, he was asked today about Trayvon Walker. How does he plan to use the defensive end? Here's kind of our philosophy with the players is, is we're going to put the player in a position that he can have success first over the scheme. And so we're going to evaluate everything that he does well. And then if he can rush inside, then we'll put him inside, Gene. If he's more of a better outside rusher, we'll keep him outside. Yes, we've evaluated those things, but 10 snaps is not enough to – say that, yes, he can do that or he can't do that. And so we'll, we'll identify that once we get to OTAs. And, in, you know, and, and so it, it, the process is, is never-ending. You know, and and we'll, we'll put our guys in the best positions for them to have success, and then ultimately we will have success on defense and as a team. He didn't have a bad answer. I mean, he was like outstanding with everything. And uh, for those of you joining us for the first time, I, I want to say that most inter- most coordinator or head coaching changes, general manager changes, whatever it may be, they typically win the press conference. It's very rare not to. Ryan Nielsen crushed it. This was an A+. And the last A-plus I had, his name was Gus Bradley. And uh, someone just sent me, say, you know, I asked you about Reddit. Someone just pulled yes. up something that I said, because I don't go to Reddit, but someone sent me a clip that said that, they put my tweet on that I, I graded Ryan Nielsen's uh, press conferences an A+. Someone on Reddit pulled up me saying that Gus Bradley <laughs> crushed his press conference January 18th, 2013. Someone had that tweet Dude, saved. that's like the first year of Twitter and okay. someone screenshotted it. Someone had it. And I'm like, but you know what? I don't deny it. I, and that's why I've been careful to say here three or four times. I'm not saying that this means Ryan Nielsen's going to be a great defensive coordinator. I'm not saying that. Okay? I'm saying he crushed the press conference. I'm looking at it right now. (laughs) Gus is killing the presser. Jack's fans should be excited. What's the date on it? Because I somehow deleted it. January 18th, 2013. I mean, that was great. (laughs) I mean, I just feel so honored that, that someone would actually screenshot um, I know what else it was. Um, I got one over the weekend. Remember the whole remember the Jalen comment a year ago that created a lot of friction when I said Jag fans would be yeah, idiots. If they brought him back. If they didn't if they want didn't to, bring, to back. bring him back. Right, yeah. right, right. And I know that ruffled a lot of feathers, but anyway. Um I tweeted out the Lenny um quote when Lenny said, I'm gonna win three more Super Bowls. He should have won three more Super Bowls. What? Didn't he say he should have won three more Super no, Bowls? No. Oh, he, he says, said he's going to. I'm going to win three more Super Bowls until my time is up. And I'm like, bro, you had 12 carries this year for the Buffalo Bills. How, how's that? So I, I wrote on Twitter, I, I tweeted, and I wrote, I said, playoff Lenny, are you, are, are you drinking or smoking? And 
some guy out of nowhere responds with the Jalen thing, and then above it he says, you should talk. You're a Trump voter. (laughs) And I'm like, what? I'm like, what? Because of your take on you should bring Jalen back? Why are you bringing politics? I mean, I made a comment on Jalen. I made a comment on what? Where are you bringing up Trump and and, and, and political stuff for? And if we're going to be fair and we're comparing the two that are our most recent presidents, I would say uh, the Trump side looks like the smart ones, folks. I just don't know where it came from. You know, I, I'll do politics with you if you want. But Absolutely. Not, I won't do it on the radio. <laughs> okay, but I commented on Leonard Fournette and Jalen Ramsey. And that particular individual on Twitter had to have been massively stoned to respond the way that he did. Yeah, I'm looking at Lenny's right now. I'll get at least three more Super Bowls before I'm done. Bro, how wasted are you to make that comment? He's not even going to make a team. You're going to have a fresh <laughs> wave of all these new running backs that are coming in. I've seen the top ten backs. He's not a – you know another one who's just fallen on just completely uh, off the map? I mean, the world is flat is, is Dalvin Cook. He's not even listed as a top ten free agent running back. Dude, they were talking about how he was going to be a game changer in New York. Man, do things do things change quick at that position? I don't even think it's because he had like he was old or slow or whatever. I just think the Rodgers injury changed everything for that team. Yeah, I'd and agree with that. He didn't really get too many carries. Maybe I'm a little biased because I love Dalvin Cook, but man, I'd take a shot at him if I was a team that thought they were a playoff type team. Probably get him on the cheap. Probably get him for something very affordable. You know, probably get him for a few million bucks a year now. That position is so undervalued. Uh, less carries, you know, nowhere off the tires this past year. None whatsoever. I think total he had, what, less than 100 carries? Oh, yeah, uh, the he entire had 67. Year. Yeah, is that both teams? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, so it was a year of of uh, of savior. Um, is he – because – before Minnesota cut him, look look at his numbers. His final year in Minnesota. I mean, was it thirteen hundred, fourteen hundred? I don't remember how many games he played, but it was yeah, yeah. Uh, well, twenty twenty two, he had eleven hundred. Okay. Um, but before that, he only played in thirteen games, and he had eleven hundred. Yeah. That was in twenty twenty one. But that's the position. Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley. I mean, you can just go on and name. Uh, David Johnson, uh, so many different backs where it's it's just happened. All right, let's give something away. What do you got? Yeah, we have a great prize tonight. So I have two tickets to Tuesday's practice round. So we talked about Willie Z earlier. I'm not sure if he's on, on Tuesday. We got a couple days of practice rounds. But, yes, two tickets to Tuesday's practice round and the concert for the Players' Championship plus $50 to Top Dog Tavern, which is right in Baloo's neighborhood. Mm. It is, uh, right there off old St. Augustine. All right, we'll take caller number 4641-1010. You get those tickets, and you get an opportunity to talk with JJ. When we come back, let's go to Las Vegas. Let's bring in our buddy Rafael Esparza. Check the latest as far as the money right here on Into the Night. Vegas, baby, Vegas! Rafael Esparza, my bookie, mybookie.org. Let's see if the voice is back. We... We're lucky enough to get him on last night, a Radio Row star. 
and he's with us every Thursday night. Hello, Raphael. Hello, how are you doing this evening? I'm good. You, do you feel like you've come back down now after that being... Was there anything... I mean, you've been there forever. You've seen all the big events. Anything close to last week in the Super Bowl? Uh, I think people-wise, uh, I thought the WWE event on Thursday was was, was madhouse. Uh, I, I've never seen anything like that before. That didn't even have a wrestling match. It felt like... Uh, it felt it felt like when I first time I ever saw Oscar De La Hoya fart Julio Cesar Chichavez Senior at Caesar's Palace many many moons ago. That's what the crowd felt like, just electricity through the air. It was crazy. Now was this for the announcement of uh... WrestleMania? Yes. Okay, so it's gonna be The Rock. Well, it, they have not finalized it. I'm hearing they're still tweaking things out, but I would guess The Rock will be at WrestleMania. So is Vince, like, hiding in a tunnel, kind of the way, like, Bobby Valentine tried to, hiding in a tunnel when he got thrown out of a game as a Major League Baseball manager? I mean, I know we're told that Vince McMahon is nowhere near any of the facilities, but is that believable? Yes, it is believable. He he has other uh, problems, lawsuits, jail time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has uh, he has other uh, uh, fishes to to think about. But I'm glad you called because this is probably going to come out sometime over the weekend. Total season wins for college football. Your Florida State's nine and a half. Nine and a half. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Florida yeah, Gators five and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I'm aware of that. <laughs> they got a brutal schedule. Uh, it does Florida. All right, Taylor Swift, that prop won uh, Kansas City, obviously a big winner. I, I saw the number, what, 182 books out there in Las Vegas, but the overall intake was not nearly what they thought it would be. Uh, no, I, I, I well, we, did, we didn't get that big of million-dollar bets like we thought we were. Mattress Max did not place a bet. Billy Walters didn't place his bet. So uh, that's probably anywhere between $2 million. Uh, probably anywhere around four million, because once people find out who they bet, they usually people jump on there. More prop bets were bet this year than the game itself, uh, so that was a little bit uh, not surprising at all. But I mean, I, for me, I thought the the Super Bowl was not even a top ten uh, uh, visualized, not even a top five betting wise. I mean, there was buzz, but not buzz that I thought we were going to see. Hmm. Now Walters was rumored to, to have said that. It was a four-point swing. He thought the line was wrong by four points. It was going to take Kansas City. But you said he did not place a bet. Not that I know of. Wow. Not, not normally the places he bets, uh, I would get a text or a buzz or did you know this, something like that. Because I dealt with him uh, for five-plus years at uh, at uh, MGM and Aria. So I, I pretty much know all his all his, his side takes and who bets for him and stuff like that, and I heard nothing. All right, the uh, the bookmakers today, first round, certainly did nail it when it came to Tiger Woods. I know it was 71.5. He bogeyed 18, so it was a 72. I guess also his placement moved from 44.5 to 45.5. Right now he's tied for 49th. So those who uh, picked Tiger to uh, underachieve today were winners. Yeah, I mean, he started off pretty good, and uh, he – 
I know people want to see him win again. I don't see that happening. I just, just like, how's he going to rebound tomorrow? You figure he's probably going to be sore tomorrow, back, legs, feet, whatever. I, I just wish they would stop trying to treat Tiger like the old Tiger, because eh? it's never, it's not going to happen like that. Great, it's great to see him out there, but that's not the Tiger we've seen in the past. Now, when he's in a tournament like this, and hopefully he'll play one a month. We're hoping he'll play here in 26 days. Do you get that much more activity because he's in the field, not only for him, but everyone else as well? We used to not as much on, the, on this one because I think either people want to fade him, and that's it before, like, oh, people are like, oh, he's going to win it. He's back. He's back now. They just want to fade him. I'm sure we took a bath on some of these prop bets that we did for first round and stuff like that. I'm hoping he maybe bounces back and makes the cuts. But I think they're fading him more betting-wise action than anything. About a month ago, I asked you about the presidential odds. There's been some craziness as of late. Any line movement, either with President Biden or former President Donald Trump? Uh, Trump's are anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120, and now uh, Biden's probably anywhere between two to one underdog. I've seen a plus 235. I mean, it varies around there. Uh, this weekend, for some odd or Super Bowl weekend, for some odd reason, a lot of Trump money came in. Everyone thought Trump was actually going to be at the game itself, uh, but he was no, he wasn't there. I think he's got other <laughs> things to worry about. Uh, he had a bad day in court uh, today, so it's going to be very interesting to see. Uh, what uh, now that the court he's going to be in court uh, a lot during most most likely the uh, when he's campaigning and all that he said today he'll be in court in the morning campaigning at night so uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens because he's no young spring chicken too if you're at court all day are you going to have the energy and stamina to be campaigning all night mm. we'll see interesting stuff hey your website you can bet that dot com you got the Razzie Awards coming out the worst movies of 2023. Yep, I put that up today. I was a little behind because I was trying to get my voice back and some others. I was trying to take some little breaks, but met some interesting people in the media, so now I got other shows I'm doing now. So, uh, But it's fun. I have some uh, uh, movie prep bets coming out over the weekend, so uh, it should be a, a fun, uh, interesting weekend. I'm an NBA All-Star. Yeah, I'm going to do some prep bets on that. Uh, college, World, uh, college baseball odds, and I'm going to do college conference baseball odds for a couple conferences. Uh, over the weekend too, so uh, should be Deadpool three movie ads. Or should be fun. How many times the F word would be used in a movie? Who's going to use the F word more, uh, Deadpool or Wolverine? I, I think that's going to be one of the prop bets uh, out there. Uh, so uh, I'm going to have a fun weekend because uh, I'll be watching UFC 298 and trying to figure out how many uh, different prop bets I can do because I've been lacking. All right, uh, leave us with this: How does John Voight get elected? as worst actor or get nominated for worst actor john voight it's well i i agree on that which is three to one which chris evans is probably going to win at that but if you look at worst actress helen mirren is in it <laughs> and Selma hayek is in it so uh, uh it's, yeah. it's 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 other ones on there worst worst uh worst supporting actor uh, Mary Stewart Matcherson and Lucy Liu, one of my favorite uh, actresses. I loved her in that CBS with Sherlock Holmes TV show. I loved her in that one. She's up for best supporting. Actor. Granted, she's seven to one. Yeah. I almost made her ten to one because I didn't want to see her win. I remember Bill Murray crushed her. Said she was a terrible actress. Yeah, a terrible actress. Yeah, uh, was that uh, Charlie's Angels, I which think, is a horror. I think you're right. Uh, all right, uh, yeah, Anna de Armas. Uh, is is there a more untrustworthy looking woman? 
in the United States of America not named Kardashian than Ana uh, uh, de Armas? Uh, I agree. And if you really want to waste two hours of your life, watch Ghosted because it is it's up there. I, I kind of liked uh, the, uh, Winnie the Pooh, uh, a horror movie. I thought it was more funny. I thought it was more comical than horror. Uh, but yeah, Ghosted is it, pretty, pretty, pretty bad. All right. Leave us with my bookie, mybookie.org. Yeah, we got some crazy stuff out there now that football's over. Don't forget UFOs getting ready to kick off next month in March. But we had a great weekend of college basketball. Great game tomorrow. San Diego State, New Mexico, Mountain West. People need to watch the Mountain West basketball, so jump over to uh, my bookie, UFC 298 this weekend as well. Jump over today, sign up today, win today. Rafael, appreciate it as always. See you out there in Vegas in a couple of days. Take it easy. Have a great, great, great weekend. Up, see you soon. There he goes. Rafael Esparza. Ana de Armas, by the way. Do you know who she is? No, I just had to look her up. She's so, so sexy. I see. I mean, she is just absolutely beautiful. But she's one of those girls that you could be sitting with the bar, and if you have to go relieve yourself in a lavatory, she'd give her number to, like, four guys. <laughs> she's oh got that. God. She could never be cast. She, you can't cast her in any other role Outside of being the side chick, right? She's the mits, she's the mistress, she's the side chick, she's the other chick. And that's really the only role. She was in that movie with Ben Affleck where, surprisingly enough, she's cheating on Ben Affleck. Okay, I'm looking is, up the uh, one that he's husband. talking about right now for the Razzie, the Ghosted, which she's in. Yeah. And it looks terrible. All right. Well, she's easy on the eyes, yes, so I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. Now, the two-minute drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers, equal opportunity employer. I can't believe you put John Voight as one of the five worst actors of this past year. I mean, the great John Voight, that is very disappointing to me. Who did that list? This is my buddy Rafael Esparza. Oh, my the Razzies, my actually. It's actually the Razzies. I'm sure these are more of a uh, – the, these go all over the place, um, not only on his website, which is called You Can Bet That. I have a theory as to why John Voight was on there. John Voight is um, not exactly – doesn't fit the narrative politically mm. of the Hollywood elite. Oh. John Voight is a, That's a good staunch theory. Republican. So that's just a theory of mine. I'm shocked if politics would come into play in any of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially for awards and uh, yeah. honors like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Megan Fox, Helen Mirren, who's been considered a very good actor, Jennifer Lopez, Selma Hayek, mm. and we just had a long conversation about Ana de Armas, uh, who is just uh, Deep yeah. Water, by the way. Yeah, is the Ben Affleck movie that Deep she's Water? In. Yeah, mm-hmm. she she's on him with a piano player, and, and it's like. You, re- you know it's going to happen within the first 30 seconds of the movie. Okay? I know you're not supposed to talk in a the movie theater. No one goes, I guess, anymore because you stream. But you're just like, hey, listen, there's no chance Ben Affleck is going to be able to stay with her. She's just got the look of, you know. I do know. One of those. Yeah, I, I'm one with those. you. Absolutely. Erotic. It's never Exotic. a bad thing to look at either. Yeah. No, she's beautiful. No doubt. Yeah, I, it was interesting today. I'm getting ready to go on a little uh, four-day getaway we're taking uh, Forrest, Heidi, and my mom to uh, the most magical place on earth. And we went to a um, liquor establishment today to get some libations. And I live a reasonably boring life, Rick. I lived through my 20s in Jacksonville Beach, and I'm thankful for that. And now I just go home and watch the evening news and you know drink my almond milk. I don't really get a lot of uh, libations anymore. 
man, I go to this store today and they got things I've never even heard of. There's whipped cream whiskey and cookie dough vodka and peanut butter schnapps. And I'm thinking, what on earth? Where did all this stuff come from? I got a an education this afternoon by the people that work there. Yeah, it's um, it's disturbing. <laughs> I mean, it it, it it really is. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna try. I got the whipped cream whiskey, so I'll give you a complete report. Yeah. It, it, now the peanut butter whiskey is really good. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, I got that too. Yeah. It doesn't sound good. Oh, it's great. But it, but it's really, really good. Okay. So uh, you're off for four days. I'll miss you. I'll be gone all next week as well. Um, heading back to Disney. Yeah. Well, we are. We're gonna uh, got some family that are coming in town, so we're gonna do Disney a couple of days and. Kind of hang out at the uh, Airbnb a couple of days. Not going to Vegas. I think yours is going to be a little bit more exciting. I get to go hang with Mickey Mouse. You get to go hang with you two in the sphere. So uh, normally I would take your situation over mine. But yeah, it's that time of year, man. I always tell people in sports radio, we have roughly February until early August. And that's basically it. Because once preseason football gets here, our vacations are over at that point. for, for, For this year, it's over third weekend of july the acc announced four days this year yeah. july 22nd uh, i think through the 25th so yeah got to get everything in by then all right what do you got coming up yeah a lot of football tonight uh, obviously uh david Behrman's a guy that people may not know that name he was with espn for 18 years he's now gone over to pro football network as their chief content officer pfn's a growing website when it comes to the nfl so we're gonna have david on tonight also, Justin Mello, I really like the work he does at the Draft Network. He also covers the Tennessee Titans, do a little AFC South talk. And we are 25 days away from free agency. We'll obviously comment as well on Ryan Nielsen's press conference earlier this afternoon. 25 days away from free agency, 26 days away from the Players' Championship. Yeah, exactly. Amazing stuff. Have a good show. Thanks, Rick. All right, there he goes. That's Hacker Nation. We're out of time here tonight. Thank you to Rafael Esparza. Thank you to Niall Lawrence Stamp. Hang in to Ryan Nielsen for a real good presser earlier today. You Jaguar fans needed some good news. And dadgummit, that press conference created it. I thought it was outstanding, giving an A+. We have one more show to go tomorrow night, 6 to 8. I don't check the text line now that the show is over. You can get me on Twitter, Blue1010XL. JJ LaSelva is the producer of the program. My name is Rick Ballou. We'll talk on Friday at 6.